thank you for joining us this week with Be With The Word. And I've been really reflecting a little bit on these readings, and I've been reflecting on recent events, and it has been a, definitely a challenging few weeks uh, as most of us are in some kind of lockdown or quarantine or just major social distancing and all kinds of worries, right? Worries about our health, worries about our finances, worried about, we are worried about people we care for, um, especially maybe parents and grandparents and other friends who are, who are, um, have some kind of illness. Um, you know, and I definitely feel that. And um, I'm realizing that there are probably some triggers for me <laughs> that, are, that kind of pop up with all of this, right? Um, and, and as I reflect on it, some of the trigger, one of the triggers might even be, um, you know, going back to my childhood. And um, there were times that I can recall uh, before my parents divorced uh, when my father was in and out of work pretty regularly. Um, my mom was the constant. She typically, um, she worked for the government and that seemed like stability. Uh, it wasn't a high paying job, but it was a stable job and she was a stable parent. Um, but the idea that there were times when we really weren't sure, you know, um, you know, what we would be eating. I mean, we had food, but it might be spam. <laughs> and I remember, uh, yes, I have uh, made it really clear that I will never eat spam. <laughs> I won't eat spam sandwiches. I won't eat fried <laughs> spam. I will not eat spam. I am spam. I am. <laughs> so, um, but you know, those, there were times that finances were stressful. And even as a kid, you don't really need much in some ways, but there's a pressure. There's a not, you know, when you're, I remember my dad being out of work. I remember they're just feeling like a heaviness in the whole house. And I can remember him getting depressed um, and he, he could be bad enough, but when he was depressed, it was especially bad. And it sort of brings up all those negative feelings. And then there were later times when it was, um, you know, when it was just my mother and my sister and I, and, you know, things were sometimes very tight uh, and, uh, and so on. It's funny when I was in college, I was extremely poor, but I wasn't as stressed about it. I somehow got by with very little and I don't know why, but that wasn't as much stress. Um, but anyway, why am I bringing all this up? I, I'm curious whether you might relate. I mean, there might be some of you that are very used to living in really difficult financial situations and having to be really resourceful. I know that I learned to be quite resourceful and uh, learned how to get by. I find it actually harder now that I have more things <laughs> and uh, more responsibilities. Children, even though my children are grown, they, 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 they still rely on us. One is still in college. And, you know, there, it, it, the pressure can sometimes feel even greater, even greater than, than normal if it was just me having to get by. Um, but then I think what makes this particular time challenging is that it's not just you know, for example, I'm out of work and I have to just get by and find a way. It feels a little bit like our whole country is threat is being threatened, you know, for work and health. And there's an unknown. And I don't know about you, but um, unknowns are hard for me. Um, it's a lot easier. I want to know all the facts. You know, I could almost handle really bad things if I know about the facts. And uh, it was funny. Um, 
I was watching, I was made to watch a, a slightly horror movie uh, the other night called The Quiet Place. It's actually a powerful movie. It's actually got an extremely pro-life theme to it, uh, which really surprised me. And the aliens, they discovered these aliens, but the weakness of the aliens, I guess, was that they could only hear. So everybody had to be super quiet, which is really crazy if you're trying to raise children to keep your children quiet, like always quiet. But um, there's also the aspect of we really just don't even know who these aliens are. We don't know what they're capable of. And, um, you know, and, and they ended up finding, you know, you have to find the weakness in the alien as you have to in all these movies. But we don't know the weakness of this virus yet fully. And we don't know, you know, we know some, inf- we're gaining some information, but without perfect knowledge here, it's stressful. Um, so I guess I'm bringing up to you that, you know, I've had stress too, and I know I'm managing our Souls and Hearts Twitter account, and I'd uh, love to see you on that. But it's also been disheartening just uh, reading everyone's posts and their concerns for loved ones, and even some people posting about their own illnesses and starting to feel perhaps symptoms of this virus, and, and, and you know, and, and person after person. You know, I may not know them well, but I start to recognize their names and I see the beautiful things that many people post, the beautiful prayers, the beautiful saint quotes, the beautiful messages of love and kindness, uh, even on Twitter. <laughs> and, um, and yet it's, it's hard to see people in pain. So I know that's difficult too. Um, so that actually has raised my anxiety a little bit. And as a caregiver uh, who I've switched mostly to all video counseling now, um, I have to be strong <laughs> for others and to be and helpful, right? That's my role, my job. And I have helpful things to provide, but I also have to go home and be me in this world too. And sometimes that can be difficult and uh, managing my own anxiety uh, in all of this and the things that it stirs up. So that's my little share. I don't know how well you might relate to it. Uh, we're going to get back here to with Dr. Peter because I know he's probably got some things he'd like to ask and some things to add. And, uh, and we're going to get into a bigger discussion of uh, the readings. Uh, by the way, and you can listen to those readings on our Hear the Word podcast, which is our parallel podcast. And they're long this time. And I do multiple voices this time. (laughs) Very well, I might add. There was a thank you. There was was yes, an interpretation of the different characters within the gospel story. I I held back a bit, believe it or not. Like I could have done like French Canadian accents or some weird. (laughs) Scottish accents or worse yet a southern accent which all my southern (laughs) my southern friends would have really chastised me for if I had done that but it is it is you know we're you know so many of us are home right and we don't have access to to being able to go to mass and uh, I think this is uh, the Mm. the opportunity to hear the readings I think is is really beautiful one so I encourage you to take take an advantage take advantage of that hear the word it's also on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts as well so you can find that there yeah, we did that. We upped our um, our Sunday morning prayer and evening prayer, and and did we did the whole Byzantine, early, and then we do the uh, um, the hours, and <clears throat> can stream uh, mass. And there's some churches, a number of churches in our areas that are streaming the mass, which is which is nice that they're doing that. Um, but if you want to have our readings, if you want to do the yeah. readings with us, yeah. Uh, I think it's a good uh, supplement, especially during these times. Right. Um, 
But that, that's a challenge, isn't it? Like, I know that a lot of people on Twitter, for example, and Facebook are talking about how difficult it is not to receive the Eucharist, you know, in these times and not to be able to go to, go to Mass or the Divine Liturgy at all. And that feels, it's such a challenge. Oh, you know what? There was a Greek Orthodox bishop in Greece, I can't remember the name of the town, who was arrested because he refused to not do the divine liturgy. And, you know, and there's a part of me, like there is a part of me that knows, okay, I know what we all have to do to destroy this virus. And so we all do have to do what we're supposed to. But another part of me kind of goes, wow, what a hero. You know what I mean? Like he's, I mean, I'm not advocating what he did, but I understand why. Yeah. You know, because he wants to be faithful to what he believes God is calling him to do that's more important than anything in this world. Right. Um, right. But anyway, it's a, I don't want to necessarily get into that discussion, but I just thought it was interesting to how people are handling this and how, you know, I know there's a part of me that just wants to go. Um, and then, of course, there's another part that knows that I have to take care of my family and people and be a good citizen through this. So I, I was really resonating with what you said. I, I have found that some of my clients that who um, who have had real adversity, especially when they were young, are actually thriving better in this environment than um, than uh, I would have expected. But also, like they're no strangers to adversity, right? They're they, you know this isn't like this isn't like uh, in in a lot of ways new to them, right? So I think in some mm. ways it's like an opportunity to like have some of those experiences that we've had as kids really uh, help us. Right. Um, right. Um, so I, I, I was sort of surprised by that. And I was reminded of it when you were talking about some of the, the difficulties when you were growing up and the uncertainties, especially around not knowing. Right? right. Because I think that's one of the things that kids really look to, to their parents is to give that sense of security, to give that sense of safety. And uh, when the parents are anxious, makes it a lot harder for the kids to feel to feel like things are going to be safe because kids naturally look to mm -hmm. their parents, you know, to provide yeah. that safety and stability for them. So I think what might be, I like what you had to say. That's interesting to me. Um, that was true for me all through college, right? Like I wasn't, I was used to sort of being a scrapper and you kind of get by. And, right. um, but I think I got lazy or something i got i got secure i got comfortable and I, and some of that was in my own ability you know what i mean like i worked right. hard to be able to 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 be secure and you know my wife has usually has a very secure work and so i i, I guess i got used to that and i feel like maybe i earned it or something right and so th that being threatened all of a sudden and really in a way that is different than just say losing your job and then you have to go find another one, which is bad right. enough. Right. But to feel like, whoa, everything could collapse. That takes away my earned, so to speak, sense of security and is forcing me to, I don't know, honestly, it's forcing me to have to rely on God more. Right. Which That's is not what I want to do to be perfectly. I, I, I always say yeah. I do, but it's yeah. not actually easy to do. Well, there's parts of us that don't trust God. I mean, there's parts of me that don't trust that God's going to take care of me. I mean, I don't like to admit that, but, 
they're they're likely to go back to those parts of me are likely to go back to uh, figuring it out right so i found myself you know taking in all this information from the internet with the unspoken fantasy that if i just could wrap my mind around what was going on here that i would be better able to adapt and my wife then asks me how does any of that reading change what you're going to do right how is that going to you know affect your action plans and frankly most of it doesn't change it at all you know, there's a few things that are really important to know, um, but there is no way that I'm going to be able to leverage my position, you know, through my efforts or through my intelligence or through my, you know, preparedness or whatever to be able to overcome this by my own strength. That's yeah. just, it's just, it's just not possible. It's too, it's, there's too much, too many, too many uh, inter, interconnected parts here. So, so I think it's a, it's a tremendous wake up call for those parts of me, for me to like work with those parts of me and say, okay, guys, let's, let's, um, let's actually come back to God on this. Because when I do that, I am not inclined to pray. When I give myself over to just, you know, binging on uh, internet news uh, on mm. this thing or reading yeah. epidemiological reports, which uh, I'm kind of a long guy, yeah, <laughs> life cycle, in an attempt to predict how many cycles of this, you know, and so forth, how long is it going to actually last, things like that. Right. The bottom line is, I can't know, you know, right. I can't know. So, um, so yeah, it, it goes back to, okay, where am I looking for that security? Where am I looking for that safety? And so many times I'm able to slip out of um, mm -hmm. looking for it in God, right? Because as a little child, um, I need to find that in my parents. I need to find that in God the Father, and I need to find that in the Blessed Virgin, my mother, you know, mm. my primary parents. Yeah. And when I hold on to that, and I have taken uh, some days of fasting, whole days where I don't look at any of this stuff, I have had much better days, much better days, uh, right. where I feel much safer, much more secure, much able, more able to get out of myself and, uh, and to give of myself to my clients, to my children, to my wife, to my friends, my family yeah. members. So... You know what? You, that's so good. I, and it relates to what our action item is going to be. Because I was really impressed, honestly, with what this crisis, if you will, has forced some of us to do. Like most, I have a lot of relatives in Canada. And one of them decided, we, I guess we're having some kind of family chat on Facebook. And uh, one of them decided to set up a time on Saturday for, uh, for everybody to kind of come together. And we did, I didn't even know you could do a video on that huh. on Facebook. And so I got, you know, there's my mother, I had a couple of aunts, had cousins, my kid, two of my kids popped in and we all, and, and we're all there and we all were laughing our heads off the whole time. And one of the, okay, this is how I was embarrassed because I couldn't do it because I was on my laptop for whatever reason it didn't work. But I guess it, you have the functionality maybe on your phone, but they were all, making their faces change like into a pizza or one of them a foot, you know, or, or like ears. And so the faces were, I'm sitting there looking at them and we're all just, it was so silly and ridiculous, but we were all just laughing our heads off at everybody else's, you know, what we're doing and just right. cracking stupid jokes. And my aunt has this, Funny, it's my aunt Dorothy. She sometimes comments on Souls and Hearts. She's, <laughs> my aunt Dorothy is one of my heroes. Honestly, she saved me during a time in my high school years that was very, very difficult. But she has, despite that, I love you, Aunt Dorothy, but she has this thing called Hue, and it's this egg rock thing with a feather head and these little legs. 
and she because she was she was uh hospitalized because of she hurt her leg or knee or something and and so she's been actually before this whole thing started she's already been 30 days being stuck at home well i don't know she developed some attachment to this little creature called hugh she named it hugh and now she's posting every day on this creature and i've been my little evil self so I've been making fun of Hugh the whole time, like picking on it, you know, telling her she should have six feet distance from it. Who knows where it's been? You know, I, you know, she sells Tupperware. I'm like, maybe you need to stick it in a Tupperware jar, like, like all these things. But you know what? The whole thing, but everybody else is playing it. The whole thing's all silly. Right. And, and my whole point is, wow, I haven't laughed that hard with my family and I don't know how long. Yeah. yeah. I haven't connected with people. And it took us this to get us to kind of reconnect. Yeah. Um, there was an so, op-ed. There was an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal with uh, with the title, "Mommy, I like the coronavirus," and it was it was oh, wow. uh, it was uh, it was written by a psychoanalyst who was listening to a client tell her the story of how much that client's daughter liked the coronavirus because mommy's home now and mommy's more accessible and mommy's more engaged, you know and. And so there's all kinds of good that's coming from this if we can if we can hold on to it. But when we stray away, you know, and we get away from like these real things and we get into the fear and so forth, it, yeah. we, we get into this dark, dark, self-absorbed space. Um, and so for you to be able to reconnect with your family like that is, is beautiful and to have fun, to play. You're playing yeah. with yeah. them, right? And, you know, we could get distracted by a number of things that we don't have access to anymore. March Madness, you know, um, right. NBA coming season coming to an end, you know, and into the playoffs, you know, and any number of other things. So. No, no, I think I think it's got some interesting potential, even though it also has the flip side of creating a lot of anxiety for, for yeah. many people. Yeah. And and to me, the the health anxiety is really challenging, even if, you know, we're kind of questioning ourselves, do I have it? You know, if I have like... My, I'm really stuffy right now because it's allergy time in mm -hmm. Georgia and I already have bad sinuses. So I get nasal. Like, so I'm, I'm always having this moment of, ah, do I have this virus or not? Virus and, and I hate yeah. to, to be, I hate it that it, that would get to me so much, but I can't help it. It feels like a threat that I don't really know. Yeah. Um, and my wife is always reading the reports on the mortality rates in the, in each country and <laughs> oh where, where we're ranking, where our ranks are. Did we go up? Can we don't go down? And, and then Georgia and all the different States and, right. and what, you know, and, and I'm like, I do want that information, but I don't want it too much. Yeah, the, the overload. <laughs> and that's what the blog I wrote this week was about. It's about how to regulate, you know, how to fast from all that information because we we're limited in terms of how much we can take it in. We're yeah. limited about how much we can handle. Yeah. I don't have as much concerns about the health stuff. Um, I'm much more concerned about uh, the uh, socioeconomic aspects of this and what happens when, you know, when uh, supply chains are disrupted, what happens when, you know, sort of the typical ways of doing commerce and all of that happen. You know, that's what I'm much more concerned about because that can interrupt, you know, medical supplies. It'll have a rippling effect throughout the whole economy. And I'm, I'm, I'm a real, I'm really into the finance and into markets. And that's a hobby of mine is to kind of check out economic indicators and stuff like that. So that's what I'm more concerned about. Um, so I, you know, so I can get very into gloom and doom scenarios, you know, sort of apocalyptic types of uh, images of things. And I can read things that support that. And on one hand, that's gratifying. On the other hand, it terrifies me. 
So, so yeah, people are going to worry about different aspects. Some, I'm also concerned about my parents, right? Because my parents right. are older, um, you know, and they have all the risk factors for being, um, for being susceptible to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're far away, you know, they're yeah. hard to get to. So, so I think there's going to be a different profile of things that uh, worry uh, us about this. You yeah. know, different things are going to hit us in different ways. And a lot of that's because of our history. Yeah. You know? um, well, it's, as a Canadian, it's hard. Like I have been calling my mom more because <laughs> she lives alone and I feel, right. I feel bad for her there and I worry about her. Um, and then my sister was worrying about me because she's like, Jerry, I can't, now I can't come. Like we can't cross right. the border. Right. If right. you needed me, I, we wouldn't be able to reach each other. And that creates a sense of, you know, separation, right. a big, a deeper sense of physical separation. Um, that is frightening, honestly. So, well, let's look a little bit at the readings. There's so much that obviously we're not going to be able to, that was a really long gospel reading uh, and there's so much in it and we're not going to be able to kind of do that in 30 minutes. But um, I wanted to kind of at least point out Isaiah, the Isaiah readings. Right. Uh, the first thing that jumped out at me as a counselor was just the beginning where it says, the Lord has given to me a well-trained tongue. Uh, and that I might know how to speak to the weary. And obviously he's speaking to a prophet. So, right. you know, to whatever extent counselors have a, little, a prophet charism. Um, but uh, I thought that moved me. And I was alluding to that before that, you know, if it's a gift to speak to the weary, to help people in distress, it's a beautiful thing. But I, it also made me think, you know, who cares for the, the, the prophets, the, the counselors right. and the helpers. Right. Um, and so that's where I need to get help too. I think it's helpful right. for me to reach out and not be alone and, 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 and all that. But now the other line I thought was good is I have not rebelled, he says. And, uh, and then that's to me, juxt- I juxtapose that with Judas, right? Cause there's a lot on Judas betraying Jesus. And so, um, it's really a call to stay faithful. And, and, and then the most important line here, I just thought was so powerful uh, in, in Isaiah 50, uh, the Lord God is my help. Therefore I am not disgraced. Right. I have set my face like Flint knowing that I shall not be put to shame. Now I have to admit, I thought I kind of knew what that meant and I just checked it to make sure I did. In, in fact, understand what it means to make your face like Flint. That doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, cause that just sounds a little bit like a wall or something maybe, but it's, as I understand it, it means to, to have determination. Mm-hmm. right it means right. You're, you're not going to give up you're going right. to keep fighting and i think that that's going to be one of my one of the takeaways for this this uh this podcast today is don't give up you know if you have to make, set your face like flint it means this is not the time to run away this is not the time it doesn't mean you're not going to have anxieties or fears but it's not the time to turn away from God. This is the time to be determined and to be and that diligent. Away, and that turning away from God is probably not going to be for most of us Catholics, you know, that are struggling to, to live out the faith. It's usually not going to be, you know, uh, I hate you, God, I repudiate you. It's going to be like this forgetting. It's going to be like this losing track of, mm-hmm. because our routines are all disrupted. You know, those of us that went to Eucharistic Adoration, we don't have access anymore. Mass, no, no access anymore, right? So we're going to have to make these efforts to actually deliberately and, you know, and, uh, and intentionally reconnect with God, right? Yeah. 
that's yeah. it's 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 not just the um it's not just the 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 hating god actively it's the forgetting or the losing track of or it being sort of over overrun by the fears and anxieties you know yeah and our our media saturated culture is is great at uh, uh luring us away from the truths of our sonship and daughtership in in god the father and in the blessed virgin mary mm-hmm. uh, so we need our parents you know we need our spiritual parents in this situation um mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, setting a face like Flint, right? It also just struck me that the shame doesn't come from outside. The shame would come from inside if there was shame, right? Like there's no shame in being uh, attacked or beaten or having your beard plucked by others, uh, being treated badly or being, you know, mocked. It's, it would, the shame would come if we were to collapse inwardly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is because we, traditionally i think of shame being something that others impose on us somehow right right like it's them seeing me naked right right i won't feel shame running around my own house naked but if i ran outside naked i would feel shame because of others right but it seems like he god is putting that on its head a little bit right this passage yeah because it was a huge insult to pluck a beard right i mean to pluck an israelite's beard is like that's a huge insult and um and so and it's a shaming thing right it's intended to to demean and degrade the other person um and uh and there you know basically what he's saying is i am the lord is my lord god is my help therefore i am not disgraced because god is my helper even under this circumstance where my beard is being torn out i am not i'm not shamed i'm not disgraced yeah no no wow that's amazing yeah um he really turns it on his head, what it, what it means right. to be, um, you know, relying on God. Right. And, and not being disgraced uh, because you could be disgraced in an earthly way and not, not in a godly way, I guess. Right. Um, and there's no, there's no lashing back, right? There's no, there's no, um, there's no uh, uh, bringing down uh, destruction on, on the enemy here. Right. right. What this, what this, what Isaiah is doing is he's taking it right in that archetype of Christ. He's taking that uh, without, um, without uh, lashing out, you know, and, and, and becoming venge- vengeful um, mm-hmm. and so forth. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I want to just kind of point out to this line that Jesus does say in, in the very long gospel there, mm-hmm. that the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak Yes, because I, I'm really torn between the whole Judas thing. You have whole Judas betrayal. You have Peter, right? You know who doesn't intend. You know Judas has already f- planned it in advance. Right. He, he totally right. goes, you know. So that's premeditated. Peter is just like, no, I would never do that. And then of course he does. Right. Um, and I think that's most of us. Uh, most of us are Peters in this regard. Not most of us aren't Judases to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet. And I remember, oh, I once had a priest say, this stayed with me forever, that um, the difference between Judas and Peter is that um, Judas didn't believe that God's mercy was greater than his sin. Right. And I, that I was, I don't know, I heard that in high school and that just sort of stayed with me all my life because I thought, wow, Peter, I mean, he didn't, his sin maybe wasn't quite as bad, but he did deny Jesus completely, pretty, pretty blatantly and yet he turned in true repentance and believed god would still love him and forgive him 
even that even that much and and really the spirit is willing like peter is spirit was willing like he was like not no not me oh my gosh but his flesh was in fact weak, weak. Yeah. Uh, and when your life is threatened like peter's was like his life would have been threatened he was seeing jesus right. being taken off to crucifixion he was who knows the crowd could have turned on him well he was the chief of the apostles and when you yeah. when you put down leaders of res, of insurrections you also take out their generals right you take out their 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 prime followers and he was uh he was the um the next in command right, right? because he was he was the 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 uh the, the cornerstone or the upon right. this rock i shall build my church totally yeah. So, so to me, my anxiety in the last little while that comes and goes around this whole virus stuff is very much like me being a Peter mm-hmm. in this regard. Like I, uh, yeah, I, I'm all rah, 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 Jesus. And then, but oh my gosh, what if it hits me or what if right. my life falls apart? Then all of a sudden I'm filled with anxiety. Right. And, and, and it's hard to turn to God in that moment. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I struggle too with the can I provide for my family because I've got, I've got six of my seven kids at home, right? And you know, I I wonder about, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's a in some ways it's a pride thing. I'm like, can I do this by myself, right? Or no? I mean, again, I've got to trust that God loves them as well. So yeah. we lose track of these things, um, and our routines are being disruptive. And we have great opportunities here. And I have similarly, so there are times where I say, bring it on. I am ready for the challenge. I'm ready for the adventure. I want to do this. And then, you know, I read about the death statistics and I read about what's going on in New York and the hospitals being overwhelmed. And I'm like, whoa, you know? And so it's yeah. like, you know, I, I resonate with, with, with what you're saying. And I think a lot of people out there are experiencing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, distresses are going to reveal the areas in our life that, um, you know, still need to be perfected yeah, and help us with humility, you know, so that we can recognize our littleness um, and not, not operate under the illusion that we've, we can actually control all of this stuff. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm throwing out as an action item for this week for people, excuse me, to do would be, um, you know, make that decision for determination and perseverance. Like, in other words, sometimes you just got to say, I'm, I'm in the ring. I'm going to, I'm, I'm here. You know what I mean? Whatever happens. And one thing you can do in that is to reach out to someone, you know, it doesn't, you know, think of a, for me, it's my mother perhaps as one example, like just going, you know what? I need to call her more. I don't, I know I only call her once in a while, but I need to call her more often, you know, so that, cause she's alone and this is a scary thing. And really, um, you know, Try hard, and I think you were telling me about this earlier, to, to priming the, emph- what is it, the empathetic connection or whatnot, right. and, and, and that is, think about her perspective. Yeah, just kind of put yourself in her shoes, uh, and imagine what she might be worried about, maybe what she brought up in the last time you talked to her, you know, and, and try to just kind of understand it from her point of view so that, and kind of relate with her in that, like almost rehearsing it like that some aspects of that conversation and because that starts to get you in that mindset of um of how can i reach out right because if we go into a conversation like that self-absorbed and you know wrapped up in our own worries and concerns then the kinds of things that she might be worried about could actually stress us out more right it could be kind of a negative interaction so we want to be in a good place uh, when we reach out um Mm -hmm. 
I think just this whole, you know, life death questions just helps us to get out of our, some of our more petty or self-absorbed ways of thinking and looking at things. And it's not even, some of that stuff's not, we may be even right. Like we may have a point, but when it comes down to it, is that really what we want to emphasize? Like maybe we can put aside some of that and just focus on what we really do care about. And that's loving this person. Mm-hmm. Not being so focused on my reaction to everything, which I know I have a tendency to do um, with some people, <laughs> especially family, right? Family has a way of triggering things. Like we would never act like this with my friends. But... Yeah, especially with family, right? And so it's a real opportunity for us to to uh, to um, to be mindful of the kinds of things that get in the way of us relating well and just yeah. to take care of that before we call them. Right. And to call them from a position of, of love. Sometimes we, we could still, even as adults, you know, reach out to our parents and hope that even after so many years, they're going to, you know, they're going to take care of the needs that we wish they would have when we were young. And um, right. that can be frustrating for everybody then. Right. Yeah. So, so it's good to do that after you had a sense, you've had a sense of reconnecting, and having a sense of safety and security in your relationship with God. Because yeah. human beings may or may not grant that to you. I mean, there are people that wind each other up. There are conversations that you might have with family members where both of you wind up much right. more anxious afterward because there isn't a base of safety and security in that relationship, you know? And there is a, a kind of a, an activation that happens there, you know? So right. you want to be mindful about that. So that might not be, you might want to think about like, when's a good time to do this, you know? No. Well, I think that that like, to me, there's this little paradox because on one hand I, I'm encouraging people to be determined, right? Right. That Flint. And then, I'm also suggesting surrender. I mean, I think we have to, and that's sort of like the letting go and, you know, not necessarily the frozen way, but in the like letting go of my will and letting, like Christ says, um, not my will, but yours to the father. And, and that's so hard. Right. And, and so there's a combination of what does it mean to be determined to be faithful? Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe that's going to, lead to an act like maybe it's going to lead to calling somebody maybe it's going to help so you're going to help somebody maybe it's just going to be commitment to prayer or whatnot but at the same time we're, we're that's charging up but at the same time there's a surrender where we're letting go right and right. and we're able to go you know what it, i i'm not in charge of this universe and like you know how i was saying earlier i want to know i want to know i want to have all right. the information i want to make right. The right, right and you know why honestly Yes, some of course we need to be good stewards sometimes right. and be careful and, and right. informed, but I can't know it all. Yeah. And I can't predict it all and I can't manage yeah. it all. And on some level I have to say, God, it's in your hands. Right. right. And that's hard. It's you know, especially when um especially when we might have interpreted some of our experiences like Psalm twenty two, you know, my God, my mm-hmm. God, why have you abandoned me? Right. Um mm-hmm. but you read through that whole psalm. You know, there is a there is a setting of my fl- face as flint at the end, right? There's an affirmation that I am going to believe, right? And so, um, so but you know, I love that. Like to me, you know, I remember having way back in my undergrad having to do a theology class on the, the Hebrew scriptures and learning about the Psalms. And there's the Psalms of Lamentation, the Psalms of Thanksgiving, and I just 
what I think is so amazing is that God gives us the freedom to lament. He gives us the freedom to have that range of emotion and get it out. But it all ultimately ends up leading to a surrender to him, you know? So there's a, it's almost like the Psalms show us the process. Right. And it's not so that God can understand what we're experiencing because he, right. knows, he knows all the emotions that we're suppressing or denying or that we've shoved into the unconscious that we won't deal with. The reason we need to express it is so that we know what we're experiencing, right? right? So that we connect with our own experience because otherwise it's going to be hard for us to have that, um, to have that calm, soothed, healed by God, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise he would have to do that without uh, us being a part of that. And that would be too intrusive and too invasive. Right. Yeah. No, it's not about, it's it's not about God needing to know. He knows it's about, he understands we have a process, an emotional process that has to happen. And it's not easy for us to always accept what's in front of us. Right. Which could even, even in some cases be death. Right. And, And that's a very difficult thing. You know, and, and yet he allows us to cry out to him. He allows us to cry, to have sorrow. And, he, you know, we see a glimpse of that. Yeah. We see Christ himself experiencing a range of emotions right. in the garden. Yeah. Um, as part of his process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his humanity. He's like us in all things but sin. He went through that. And he carried our fear with him too. I mean, he's carrying the the burden of our iniquities because we couldn't do that. So he was also carrying mm-hmm. our stuff with that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. So it's heartening to even talk about this. I mean, I feel like my heart getting bigger, you know, and warmer <laughs> and more open just talking about it. And we need to have these kind of conversations. Are you saying yeah. your heart grew like three times is too big? It's three times too big. No, that's, that? that's, that's, I, I want that big <laughs> open heart. I want that big open heart. Yeah. And when, I, when I isolate myself and I'm reading the blogs that I read and, the, you know, the financials and the markets and the, we've never been in this space before, blah, blah, blah. My heart gets small. It yeah. gets small. And I, I do need some, some of that information, you know, to be able to make a planning for my, for my family and so forth. Right. It's got to be limited, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that fasting is about. Because that's one of the three pillars of Lent. You know, there's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We're still in Lent. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, there can be fasting from information overload, right? Or from right. kinds of information. Talk about that in the blog. So yeah, um, well, we're just about to go into Holy Week, (laughs) and uh, it should be interesting. And uh, it'll be an interesting one if certain things aren't lifted. I, it's not looking like they will be, but so it will be a very interesting Easter. It'll be interestingly creative, and I think it's important. I mean, I'm yeah. I wish it was different, but to me, I don't know. Is am I strange? Like I actually see the possibilities here of opportunities. There are tremendous possibilities. That's what that whole podcast is about. You know, the coronavirus crisis, Carpe Diem. That's a podcast I started um, just last week. It's about um, seizing the day, seizing the opportunities that uh, that present themselves here. Because if we really believe in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. This whole situation is working together for the good too, and we just yeah. have to find out how. You know, we have to ask that question and be open to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we totally redid our website. uh, And I'm super excited because Dr. Jerry's course is up now. So give us a little, little brief, a little brief introduction to that, Dr. Jerry. Yeah, this is a really comprehensive course. The courses that we've offered as free courses hopefully have been really helpful. Um, This one is uh, designed 25 modules 
so there's a lot in it. It is for it is designed for couples where uh, one of the members has struggled with the use of pornography, and so it's a, really a guide for both uh, to heal and to restore the marriage. Both and the husband so, and the wife. The, yeah. Both husband. So there's activities for the husband, activities for the wife, and for them for the husband and wife to do together throughout the program. There's some worksheets and activities to do. There's all kinds of marriage help in this, as well as an understanding of addiction for one person and for the trauma really of, of, of living with somebody, especially if you didn't know it was there, um, who, who is struggling with this and how it affects you. And so uh, it's a husband and wife course. Uh, you can take it if you're just one of you wants to take it. That's possible. It's, it's, it's better for both. But if only one of you takes it, you'll get tons out of it. There's tons of marriage work in this. It's also, by the way, a great course. If you're single and you want to get married and you have an issue with pornography, yeah. you can get ahead of the game here because <laughs> right. this will give you stuff that you really should do before marriage that, to prevent the kind of thing that, that the course is actually designed for. So right. uh, anyway, so it's filled with great information and uh, feel free to check that out on our website. Right. Well, good. All right. So, just to recap the takeaway, we're going to reach out to somebody else. You were yes. saying reach out to somebody else, really put yourself in their shoes and, you know, kind of understand what they're experiencing. And, and, uh, and that'll be really good for your soul, that big open heart, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Jerry. I've got me I've too. I've been uh, meaning, I've been actually doing it already a little bit. I'm going to ramp it up. Right. Well, Dr. Peter, it's been good to see you. It's nice to connect yeah. in this world of social distancing that's going yeah. on right now. Um, but, uh, and we're here with you too, guys. And if you're with us, please join us on all the different, on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, but especially right here, uh, feel free to comment. Uh, and please check out our new website. We're so proud of it, excited about it. I mean, we're, we're, we're always improving. So, uh, God bless you and be still.